Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Well, friend, it's been a long time, but we're back. It's Sunday afternoon, and we're here on the river, and I'm here with my main man, Tata. Welcome home, Tata. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. You had a little sabbatical to South Texas for almost all of February. Well, it was interesting because we, uh, we went down there for, for Riker's birthday, which is my great-grandson, and then I stayed. I stayed with uh, Jessica, uh, our daughter, uh, Lisa's sister, and it, um, unfortunately, it was right in the uh, peak of the cedar pollen season. Yeah. Uh, it was about, um, and, and the fact is, I, I, I got very ill, and I think I'm probably still suffering with some of it. Uh, but then again, we, we, have, we had time change today, so who knows? Uh, me and the cows and the chickens in Kansas, we don't like the time, people messing with the clock. That's right. <clears throat> but here we are, and so I count myself blessed to have breath. Amen. <laughs> well, we've had uh, some amazing things out here on the river. We had the migrating swans and Franklin's gulls that look just like seagulls, but they're different. And uh, we've had quite the uh, bad winter, but spring is, is starting to try to show up a little bit. Yes, you, know, you noticed some green uh, across the area. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, that, that's a blessing. Even though it was... 22 degrees again this morning. Yes. So we're ready for it to warm up. Hey, I've got a couple of things to tell folks. So uh, we just passed our one millionth download on the podcast. Oh, that's I, I'm still amazed by that number. It's stunning, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, huge. And then things are uh, moving right along to release uh, Hope is the First Dose. will come out on July 25th, and we'll be recording the audiobook of that soon. And so that's coming along. And then, uh, this is neat, we had a, a listener named Rebecca, who lives in Colorado, and she made a um, scholarship donation. She's going to fund paid subscriptions for a couple of other people. Isn't that something? Oh, that's amazing. She feels like the, the podcast and the letter are, are so helpful that she wants some other people to be uh, able to have them. So we've already gifted one of those scholarships. And friend, if you're listening and you feel like you would be blessed and benefited by having daily access to all of the content that's not available to the free subscribers, then write me an email, lee at drleewarren.com, and the first one of those that we receive will provide that scholarship from Rebecca. Uh, and that's just such a blessing. This community has come together like that. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and the generosity is, uh, thank you so much, Rebecca. You're, it speaks very highly of your character. Amen. It's so neat to be 
part of a community like this. So, Tata, what are we going to talk about today? Well, the, the thing that, that, that I pondered is, uh, and I know it's Mind Change March, and I know that a lot, a lot of our listeners, and, and, and including myself, are reviewing where we are. But it's still big, it's still, the question still remains. Uh, what are you praying for, and how long have you been praying? And to set the stage, uh, uh, Jesus Christ has, has ascended back to his Father. He's gone back to heaven, but he told the, told the apostles to go back to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the, 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 the Holy Spirit, which God was sending, the Comforter. And they... And some of the people were already there. They were in the upper room. Now, I, I, I'm not sure where that upper room was. Right. But it could have been the same upper room that, that our Lord celebrated the, 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 the Last Supper in. I don't know. But there was approximately about 120 people in that room. And they were praying. And, and we can only know that they had to be praying for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit came. That's right. And, and it came with such a such a force, it sounded like a mighty rushing wind and there was a lot of noise. And, and, and the, the, the Holy Spirit settled on them in, in tongues of fire. So it must have been something that caused a great deal of notice among the people that were there. Now remember, this is, this is Pentecost, and so there's people from all over the world, both Jewish and Jewish converts, in Jerusalem. It's estimated that probably... There was between two and three million people in about 300 acres wow. in Jerusalem. Wow. And so you, you, you think about, and there's all kinds of lessons here. You think about, now Peter is the one that stood up and, and spoke. Right. But, and, and so he, that is so profound in itself because apparently he, 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 he may have preached five, between five and ten minutes and 3,000 people were baptized. Wow. Sometimes we get that backwards. Yeah. Preach for three thousand minutes and baptize five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes we sometimes we preach for ten days and pray for five minutes. Uh, but anyway, it was that. That's when the church began, and when three thousand people accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, so what we see there is that there's approximately a hundred twenty people that were gathered together, and they were in prayer. And they were praying not only for themselves and for the apostles as well, but they were praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they received that. Mm. So that that had to be that had to be a, because all the people that were there came together, and so that had to be a very astounding situation for them to be involved in to see that. And then they heard every they heard people speaking in their own native language. Yep. And so and, and I don't know what that scene looked like, but we just. Luke gives us just snippets of it that may give us a, an insight into looking at what was happening on the day of Pentecost there when, when people were accepting Jesus Christ because Peter told them the story of Jesus Christ and he said he accused them and said, you're, you're the, this, this is the one that you crucified. That's right. So it's, it's not something that, that was foreign to them, but they never heard it look like that. So... And so, what? And all of that leads us to conclude that you have to be in. We have to be in some. We have to be in prayer. We have to be in a posture of looking for something, searching for something, and then to then to fast forward to to Acts twelve, uh, and and I, and like I said, there there's a lot to be a lot to be thought about here. Think about, for example, Peter. 
Think about just not many days before what he was like. Yeah, denying Jesus at the cross. Yes, not once, but three times. But then here he is, standing up, speaking boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. Yep. So when he received the Holy Spirit, he received the Holy Spirit. Um, but here in, in, in Acts 12, and to, to give you an idea of what was happening then, and this is so interesting to think about because apparently James had been killed, and all we have is a, a one line that describes that. Herod had him killed, had him beheaded. Yep. But, and so Herod saw that that pleased the Jews, so he locked, he, he locked up Peter in prison uh, and arrested him and just for the next day because it was a time of uh, another, another part of the Jewish celebration, uh, the, the feast over the Passover was going on, and so there, a lot of things were happening. That and Caesar, Herod wanted to please the Jews and please all the people that were looking. They were happy because James had been killed. That's right. <clears throat> to think about, he put Peter in jail, and he sent four squads of soldiers to guard him. Now I'm not sure how many men comprised a squad in the Roman army. But in the army that I was in, that would have been about 48 men. Mm. Four squads of soldiers, and he was locked in a, in a jail cell, and he was, he was chained with two chains, and he was betwe- between two soldiers. Wow. And there was a guard posted on the outside. Now, where are the rest of the soldiers? I don't know. But that gives you a, a, it gives you a, a picture of what Herod was seeing, because he was seeing something beyond just the duties of his own office. Yeah, he was seeing a, a revolution taking place, and so no doubt he was not only did maybe he believed some of it, but maybe what he was so concerned about his position that he wasn't going to be a part of it. Yeah, because and afterwards. And you think about, and, and, and Luke, uh, what, what, what has gotten me so many times reading that, Luke went into great detail about Peter being imprisoned. Yep. A light shined in the jail cell. Yep. An angel stood there. And he, he, some translations say he struck, the translation I'm reading from says he struck Peter on the side. Yep. And, but other translations said he kicked him. <laughs> Now, if somebody had done that to me while I was sound asleep, I think I would have jumped up. Yep. I, I think I would have jumped up when the light was shining. Yep. Now, the, the soldiers, now bear in mind that Peter is chained between two soldiers. And so there's a light, and then the, the angel is there, and then the angel goes into detailed instructions. Put your, put your sandals on. Yep. Put your cloak on. Put your, put your garments on. Yep. And so he did. And Peter thought he was seeing a vision. <clears throat> so what, what happened next was Peter found himself outside of jail. He was out of jail. Yep. And then he went to the gate that led into the city, and the gate opened by itself. Hmm. It opened by itself. It just opened up. The angel was with him. And then the angel left Peter. But, and then Peter went to... Uh, John Mark's mother's house, where they were praying, and what were they praying for? For Peter. And so, in in, in chapter twelve, uh, verse uh, 
verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer. So they were sincere in what they were doing. They were praying that Peter would be released because they'd already seen what happened to James. Yep. And so when and 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 then that the other details about it is that when Peter started with, apparently they, there was a courtyard and Peter was standing at the gate and he was knocking at the gate and a, and a and a servant girl named Rhoda went to the gate and she was so astonished to see him that she she didn't even let him in. She That's went right. back in and told everybody that he was there and they thought she was out of her mind. And so they came and saw him. And then what was so other, what was other interesting about that, after they, after they acknowledged Peter and brought him into the house, he, Peter told them to go tell James these things. So what did that say? Peter didn't know what had happened to James. Mm. But So the whole point that I'm making here is that first of all, we saw that the people were praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which they received, yeah. and the people and Peter preached, and then Peter was imprisoned, and the in the church, the people were praying again, and then he was released. But they were amazed yeah. that he was released. Yeah. So, what does that say to us? What happens to us when we see things happen that we were praying for? I saw something just recently, and I, 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 was, I was taken back, but then I gave thanks. I said, thank you, Lord, and I, but I keep praying for this, for this situation. Mm. So, and I was amazed as well, and so that, that is nothing, that's nothing to be ashamed of, there's nothing to be surprised about, uh, it, it just happens, and it depends on how earnest or how sincere we are when we plead with God. That's right. When we ask him for something, what did Jesus say about that? He said, before you have not asked anything in my name, but now you can. That's right. That's what he told the disciples. Yep. So when you pray, you can pray to God in my name. That's right. And so that's what we do. That's right. So the whole point here that I'm trying to, that 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 I see that needs to be made is, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer for ourselves. And yes, some of us have said, "Well, I'm going to stop doing something. I'm going to change something. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change my mind, yep. and I'm going to change my life. Yep. I'm going to change my posture. I'm going to have more faith." How do you get all of that? How do you do that? You ask God for it. That's right. You say, well, I, I have a long list of things to ask. Well, God has, he is patient. Yeah. Very patient. He's been listening to us for a long time. That's right. Listen, he, look, he how long he listened, look how long he listened to David. That's right. <laughs> and he desires, Isaiah says, he longs to be gracious to you. And he desires to give us the things that he intend, that he wants to give us. Yeah. And so we shouldn't, it, it's natural though to be amazed when you, think about a kid on Christmas, right? You, you, you beg your parents for something and when you get it, you're amazed that you got it. Yeah. That's no different than we're amazed when God answers prayer just because it's such an act of kindness and faithfulness on his part. And we get, it's really neat when you get to see it directly like that. I don't think I've ever had a prayer answered as dramatically as 
angel coming and getting me out of jail. No. But, <laughs> but it, would be, it would be pretty amazing. Well, and, and then and, and if you look at the rest of the story, you see God's hand on this. Um, the next thing, Herod was amazed that, that Peter yep. wasn't there. So what did he do? He gave order to have all the soldiers killed. Mm. And then he got out of town. He left. He went to Caesarea. And then he, he, made, he made a big speech there. And the people were saying it's like, a, like the voice of God. That's not the voice of a man. <laughs> and Herod did not give God the credit. He did not glorify God. And so God punished him. He was eaten with worms. Yes, and he died. That must have been quite a spectacle. He died right there. So all of, all, all of, all of these things, and, and what's so amazing about Acts, you, you look at some of the events um, that took place, and they were all, they, were all, they all began with prayer, yep. and they all ended with prayer. That's right. So there was continuous prayer. There was someone praying all the time. Now, what were they praying about? Yes, I'm sure they were uh, praying out of fear because here was uh, Saul that was uh, afoot and he was taking all kinds of actions against the quote-unquote way. He was having people arrested and put in jail. Um, and, and the Pharisees, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the leaders of the Jewish uh, temple were uh, rate, rate, they were all involved in, in the, trying to destroy that. Yeah. But yet God prevailed. And he armored and equipped his people against all kinds of evil. And, and then another, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to carry it even further, you could look at what went through, what happened in, to happen to Saul, what happened to, and then his name was changed to Paul. And we all know Paul. So the thing that the, the whole point here is, and I don't know, I, I, I think I go back and I think about um, uh, Daniel. He prayed three times a day. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and, and I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. And I know that I know the admonition that we have is to pray without ceasing, pray with pray. And I don't think that means stand in the corner. And, and pray with your face to the wall until you fall down. I don't think that's what that means. No. I think we keep the lines of communication open yes. between us and God. Now, how do we do that? We have to get sin out of the way. That's right. We have to get sin out of our lives. We have to, we have to keep the lines open, and we have to keep the lines clear. That's right. I, I remember, I think, maybe I said something about this once, but I... It came to my mind about a woman that asked me to go pray for her husband one time, see him. He was in the hospital. He was very ill. And she said to me, very concerned, after she described him and where he was, she said, but he's a Muslim. Mm. I said, that's okay. I'll go pray for him. Mm. And so I went and visited with him. And then I, then I asked him, I said, may I pray for you? And he said, well, you're a Christian and I'm a Muslim. I said, and I don't know where this came from. I said, it's okay. We have a prayer tower at our church and it faces east. Mm. And he didn't say anything. Mm. And so we prayed together. Mm. So, you don't, so you don't know. And to this day, I don't know. It wasn't me. 
And one of the things that I try to do is turn all that over to God anyway. It's his work, not mine. That's right. I'm, I'm only a tool. I'm only an instrument. And, 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 and the only thing I have ever said is use me uh, mm. for your glory, not mine. So think about having the posture of prayer. And as you look at this month and you look at yourself and you say to yourself, I'm, I'm going to change something. Don't try it by yourself. That's right. You can't. It won't work. And if you do, what will happen? You'll be prideful and boastful. That's right. And you may say, look what I did. Look what I did. Yeah. But that isn't what you did. And the only way we can really do it is being, be, a, be, a, be a child of God and talk to him and ask him for what we need. That's right. And if we need to change something, ask for his help. Amen. And it's okay to tell him, uh, I'm sorry, it's been a long time since I talked to you. That's right. He still knows your heart. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to talk to him. That's correct. He's waiting to help us in our time of need, which is all the time. So, so what, 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 what comes to mind is, is we need to humble ourselves in the, in the presence of God and and seek his direction and seek his protection. Seek his help. Because one of the things we can't do by ourselves is that. That's right. God himself said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. And Jesus said that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. In fact, the cultural message right now is you got to take care of yourself you got to fight and scratch and claw to get ahead, and you got to remember who number one is and all of that. But you can't get to the top by yourself without climbing on other people and crushing them to get them out of your way. That's right. And what Jesus says, what the Word says is, humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and He will lift you up. That's right. So the, the whole message of the secular culture is, is you're on your own. And you better do the best you can. That's right. And the whole message of a Christian worldview is you're not on your own and you can't do it on your own, but he'll do it with you and that's, for you. That, that's correct. Well, it came to mind today, too, and uh, as I was pondering a question about the, uh, on Story Worth, I think is the name of it. Uh, and, and what that is, is I get a question periodic every week. That answer and it goes into a book. That's right. Lisa's writing a book yeah. of your life story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told her to be a little book, <laughs> but what? And so, and I don't know where I heard this or where what what the context of it was or what the situation was, but but the the, the message was what the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve. Yeah, that's not correct. No, it's not. Because look at the Tower of Babel. That's right. They were building it, and they were so proud of themselves. We're going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And God said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and what did they do? He confounded their languages. That's right. And so they couldn't speak to each other. Nobody knew where to put the bricks. Well, right. but it still points to this. We have to have that kind of relationship with God that we say to him, look, I can't make it without you. That's right. Help me. Show me the way. This was a situation where there was absolutely no hope of Peter getting out of prison. No. Without, apart from a miraculous intervention of God. And so what did the people do? They had a choice of either just giving up in despair, or they had a choice of 
fervently praying. They did. And this was a group of people that not long before this had seen their Savior crucified. That's right. Which game over, right? I mean, it, it, on an earthly level, that was it. And three days later, they saw him rise again. That's right. So why were they praying fervently for a miracle? They had seen one. That's right. They'd seen a bunch of them. That's right. And so they knew he could do it. And we need to know he can do it too, Dad. That's, yes, that's right. And, and how do you know that? Well, you just know that. You, you, have to, you have to say to yourself, I am what I am. And I can't do it by myself. I have to go see and talk to the I am. That's right. And this is a perfect example of the concept that we talk about in the new book about hope being a verb. I mean, it, you know, Paul says in Romans 4.18 that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. So, so even though the promise God made him seemed so impossible, he believed in hope enough to have faith in God enough to pray for it anyway. That's right. And that's what was happening here. These folks right. had no hope of Peter getting out of jail. That's right. They prayed anyway. That's right. And, 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 and then another point there is if you say to yourself, well, I'm not good enough. Yeah. All you have to do, we already said it a few minutes ago, think about Peter. Yeah. It wasn't just a few days prior to all of this that he had denied knowing Jesus Christ. That's right. And yet he spoke, he, he, he preached the first sermon. That's right. So God uses him. And that's the good news of the gospel. None of us are good enough. And nope. he says, just if you are on my team, I'll make up the difference. That's right. And all he wants, to, all he wants us from, from us is to say, yes, I believe that you are God Almighty. And yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And yes, he came in the flesh. And yes, he was crucified. And yes, he was buried. And yes, he rose again. Yep. And now he is seated at your right hand. That's right. Amen. That's all we need to say. That's because the disciples asked Jesus, what is the work that we need to do? And Jesus said, believe. Believe in my Father. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. That's right, Tata. Well. That's easy to do? No. No. Because why? Because we live in a society that, and well, think about us. How did we grow up? We, how did we go? To, how were we educated? Yeah. We, when, we got, when we were in school and we were young, uh, maybe we received papers that had red check marks and red X's on it, and yeah. you didn't me- you either measured up or you didn't measure up. That's right. So what do we have to do? We have to say, we have to come to the conclusion that sooner or later in all of this, what do you do with this? You either accept it or you reject it. That's right. And my prayer is that you accept it. That's right. Tata's holding up his Bible, by the way. You can't see that. But yeah. he's, what do you do with that that's word true. that he's yeah. holding up in the air? That's, that's right, Tata. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, if, you know if, if, if we have an impossible situation in our life, that's a good way to land this plane today. We have an impossible situation in our life. Peter's in jail. James is beheaded. The Roman guards have them chained in there and locked in, and, and we're just a bunch of folks in an upper room, and there is literally nothing we can do. I think about um, the couple in Lincoln. He's dealing with glioblastoma, which is almost always fatal. What can they do? There's nothing they can do except pray. That's right. 
God will bring them the medicine and the doctors and the surgeons, but they have to pray. And they don't have any other control over it than that. And we've got people on the prayer wall right now. A, a mother wrote in and said her son, who was a successful veterinarian and family man, just committed suicide. That, that family, there's nothing they can do no. except pray that God will be with them and, and come, come alongside and keep his Psalm 34, 18 promise of being close to them when they're brokenhearted. And when you're in that situation, friend, when there's nothing you can do, you can go to that upper room and you can fervently pray and our God will hear you. The Bible says He longs to be gracious to you and He will rise to show you compassion. And He will. Flex that memory and flex that movement towards hope because hope is a verb. It's an action word and you can, you can produce it by moving towards God's promises. And if we're going to do that, Tata, when but, should we start? Yeah, start today. But that also today. means that you have to stop and start. Stop and start. That's right. So you have to take some action. Got to take action. Start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.